The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind uh, this week. And delighted to be here, and uh, delighted to uh, be talking today about NLP for business success with my guest, Jamie Lazarus. Um, But before we do that, um, I want to just uh, say my usual sort of thank you to previous guest, Sheena Walker, who talked with me about being a corporate athlete a couple of weeks ago with some uh, really interesting insights. She was a former former, uh, Scottish uh, swimming national team um, sort of coach. And also last week, I repeated a show with uh, media expert Michael Dodd. It was a particularly well-received show, that one, and Michael talked about um, about working with the media. So if you've not heard that, that's well worth a listen. Now, the reason I was off last week was that I locked myself away for, for four days to get my book finished, which is about strategies for getting important things done. And I was uh, getting concerned about my deadline with my publisher, and it was just a brilliant way to get some focus. And even though I'd intended to have a holiday, being locked away and writing it proved to be a really helpful strategy. So if you've got an important task to do, give yourself some space and a deadline. And I also combined it with actually clearing out my office. Uh, I've done that to the extent that my, my office is now pretty much um, paperless. It's either shredded or filed. And what helped me to do that was to buy a really good shredder. Because every time I look at the shredder, I have the desire to use it. And I find having something that physically reminds me of an issue or a task that I need to do, whether I feel like doing it or not, and I don't particularly enjoy clearing out uh, my, my office, was, uh, is really helpful. In fact, I actually discovered unclaimed expenses and an unpaid check, which generated a very healthy financial return on the, the shredder within a couple of days. Now, moving on to um, today's subject... One thing that has really helped me get things done over the years when it's come to business success is, is what I learned when I studied NLP. And if you've not heard of it before, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And this was something I first read about uh, about 20 years ago. And at the time, I was working for a company, Mars Confectionery, and I integrated NLP for the first time into some of their programs. And then, then about eight years ago, I eventually studied it to master practitioner level. And it's provided me with some very helpful tools for all aspects of working with people. And although I don't describe myself as a pure NLP, I, I prefer to have a very broad toolbox, um, I found it uh, really, really useful. And I'm also delighted that my guest today, has Jamie Lazarus, has written a book called NLP for Business Success because if there's anything that slightly put me off about NLP, it was the courses I did were quite biased towards therapy, which is not what I personally do being a business focused individual. Um, And Jeremy's book is a really practical guide to using NLP to significantly improve your results at work. 
whether that's wanting to be a better leader, a manager, maybe a negotiator, a salesperson, decision maker. You know, there's techniques in there that can really help you to boost your career and your performance. Now, Jeremy is an executive coach. He's a certified master practitioner of NLP and originally trained as an accountant and a corporate treasurer. His clients in, include Blue Chips, uh, SMEs, that's small and medium businesses, uh, the NHS, and elite athletes, including the Great Britain pistol shooting team. He's a guest lecturer at two universities. He's authored four best-selling books, so I'm full of admiration. I mean, just about completed my first uh, what he's achieved there. And in 1999, he formed the Lazarus Consultancy Limited, which specializes in the application of NLP in business, coaching, and sport. His previous jobs include a, a roles in the city. He's been a management consultant. He's had senior roles for companies like Unigate. And he was the finance director for a very interesting company, Yo Sushi. So a big welcome today to Jeremy Lazarus. Thanks, Chris. You're very welcome. And uh, Jeremy, uh, what part of the world do you come from? Um, well, I was born and raised in London, and that's where I live. So um, there's a small town called London in England. Excellent. So you, you haven't travelled uh, far to live then? Uh, no. Uh, I've been a few places in the world, but I, I'm born and bred in London. It's a great city. Excellent. It's a wonderful, wonderful city. So I'm going to start, Jeremy, by asking you, you know, how do you get interested in NLP? And I'm particularly interested, being a, you being a former accountant and company treasurer, I hadn't necessarily seen uh, you know an attraction towards something like NLP usually being at the forefront of of an accountant's mind that's true I, I guess when I worked in in some of the organizations I worked in particularly as I got more senior so uh, when I worked at Unigate which at the time was quoted on the stock market and that roughly number 140 in the um in the UK stock market so a pretty big company um, as I got more senior there plus when I became finance director of Yosushi I found I was asked to do things they weren't illegal or immoral in any way, but they just didn't really value people. And for me, that just didn't sit right. And I didn't have the words or the language to describe it. It just didn't feel right. And in 1997, I did a personal development course. And I guess what I realized was the most important thing for me is to make a difference and to make a difference to people, which is probably not what you hear most accountants say. So it's a long story, but basically for about a year and a half, I, I did various courses. And then one day in 1999, I just quit my job to set up my own coaching business. And I asked a friend of mine who was and still is a very, a very successful executive coach. I asked her, you know, what, what should I study to become even better as, as a coach? And she said, go and study NLP. So I did a brief introduction course and then I did a practitioner, master practitioner. Then in 2000, became a trainer of NLP and, and carried on a bit and, since then, I've been running all sorts of training courses and coaching people. And in 2007, I became a master trainer of NLP. So, so I got interested because I wanted to become an even better coach. What I found was that NLP helped me personally uh, and also to help me to help my clients to get better results faster. Yes, it's very interesting that. And that's, I remember when I studied NLP, and a bit like you, I had a, an aha moment in the 1990s when I went on a, my first personal development course and suddenly you know, life seemed different and, and opportunity seemed uh, significant. With, with NLP, it's, it's another program that people often do go on. They want to go and help people with things like, you know, being a, being a coach in, in their work or maybe it's a therapy route. But also you often find that people in there have got some things that they need to deal with themselves as well. Yeah. And, and it can help, can't it? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I think there's there's personal benefits as well as professional benefits, and, and perhaps we can talk later about some of the the more personal benefits. Um, 
But certainly from a professional point of view, I think if people are are clearing themselves, if they don't have any, uh, if they get rid of some of their baggage, they're bound to get better results at work. Yeah. So, so, so do you want to explore what NLP actually is? You know, how would you, how would you define and, and explain it in simple terms? Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, you defined it a few moments ago in terms of its, its neuro-linguistic programming. So the neuro-linguistic, it's, if you like, the language of your mind, how to use the language of your mind to change the programs or, if you like, the patterns of behavior. Now, everyone's got patterns of behavior, some of which are, are useful and some of which aren't. So patterns of behavior could be, you know, in the workplace, getting nervous before a presentation or an interview or... Um, getting nervous in front of clients when there's a big deal at stake or getting angry if a member of your team does something they shouldn't do. So all of these are patterns of behavior. Now, if the patterns work well, fantastic. If they don't, then the chances are that NLP has got a, a technique or two that can help people to change those patterns. And the purpose of that is to get better results faster. Um, and I, for me, you know, Chris, you can take the man out of accountancy, but you can't take accountancy out of the man. So I want to talk about the benefits. I, always, I believe when I talk to a business audience, they want to hear the benefits of NLP. And I, I, I kind of group them into three main areas, one of which is to improve communication. So whether that's the communication between two or more people or whether it's communication somebody, you know, with themselves, you know, if they, what they say to themselves before a big, a big meeting, for example. So it improves communication. Secondly, it helps people to change the way they think and behave. And thirdly, it helps people to replicate excellence. So if someone's a fantastic salesperson, how do they do that? And what's the difference between someone who's fantastic at, for example, selling and someone who's merely average? Excellent. And I think that's, that's really, really helpful because um, although I did define it as neurolinguistic programming, <laughs> when, you, when you articulate that to people quite often, they're none the wiser at the end. Exactly, you get a blank look. <laughs> it's quite a quite a, a term. Um, great, great. So NLP is about improving your communication, helping you change your thinking and behaviour, and replicating excellence. Um, but is it simply a, a selection of helpful tools put onto a label? Because you know, some of the things like rapport building and those sorts of things, you know, you could study those within other disciplines. Yeah. Um. I, su- I mean, I could answer it and say, yes, I could say it, it is a series of, of very helpful tools, invaluable tools put under a label. But then again, you could say that about medicine. You could say that about psychology. You could say that about um, exercise or education. Um, so I think NLP draws on a whole series, a whole um, series of, of different um Areas, for example, transformational linguistics, um, cybernetics, positive psychology. And, and, and yeah, there are some, to an extent, it, it, it is under one label. But I think there's lots of different techniques and a growing number of techniques that, that fall underneath that banner. So one of the things I, I really like about NLP is it, it's a growing field. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you, um, what your views of it, because I mean, you, you've obviously studied NLP. What, how would you describe it? How would I des- describe but it? In terms of whether it's a, you know, a series of helpful tools under a label. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it is. I, I think there are, what would I say? I think there's some very, very useful tools and techniques that are being developed within the NLP community that 
and you know within that originate from some of the founders and and how it's moved. I think there are some 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 tools in there that are just you know general ones that fit into that bill of helping you improve your communication and helping you change behaviour and, and replicate excellence. At the end of the at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. I think what you're getting from my experience is a toolbox of of, of things that can be very helpful. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I don't think it really matters, uh, but it, you know it's just an interesting thing to explore. And also, uh, just as an aside, you, with you being an accountant uh, from background and a company treasurer, you know, where, where interventions have taken place, you know, can you can you see the financial return coming from absolutely. that? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, um, let me give you one example. There's one particular technique. Um, where you can help people to change the way they respond to a particular uh, situation. For, the, for anyone who studied NLP, it's called submodalities, and the technique within that is called mapping across. But it's basically changing your mind about how you how you perceive something. And there was a chap on, on one of my courses a few years ago, very successful business consultant, very together guy, but he didn't like doing cold calling. In other words, just phoning up prospective clients out of the blue. He did this exercise, which takes about five to ten minutes, after which he called himself the cold calling monster. <laughs> and he would, I'm not kidding, he would phone up huge companies like Centrica or JP Morgan, a big bank, big uh, utility companies. And he said within a few months, he won a half a million pounds of consultancy business. Mm. So does it hit the bottom line? Absolutely. In, in a positive way, absolutely. Brilliant. I actually I utilize some of the tools within a, a program that I did with uh, an insurer. And within you know, a couple of weeks, with one of the particular techniques that was being used by the salespeople, uh, they secured their biggest ever insurance deal. Wow. Wow. And, and, and I think that's, that's what, you know, ex, well, I'm an ex-accountant, but that's what accountants want to hear. If you can demonstrate that it impacts positively on the bottom line, they're going to be interested. De- definitely. So I think, uh, I think it's important to mention that. So let's, let's just go back uh, briefly to where it came from. Okay, so in, um, I mean, there's, there's different stories, and there's actually a book that was published fairly recently called The Origins of NLP. So um, people, if they're interested, they, obviously they can buy that book. Essentially, in the mid-70s, um, a couple of guys, uh, one is called John Grinder, the other one, Richard Bandler. John Grinder was a professor, an associate professor of linguistics at the university in, uh, I think it was UCLA in Santa Cruz. And Richard Bandler was one of his star students. They got curious about what it was that made successful communicators really successful. What was the difference that made the difference? And they did what's known as a modeling project. So they studied and sought to replicate the work of three eminent therapists at the time. And from that initial project of looking at how successful therapists were successful, uh, they developed a whole series of techniques that, that we now know as NLP. And for those people listening, thinking, but hang on a minute, what's therapy got to do with, with business? You could argue that one of the things that therapists do is they persuade people. They persuade people to stop doing behaviors that have not been helping them. And... I would say in business, there's a, a lot of communication is around persuasion. Definitely. So it was developed, as I say, in the mid-70s by um, 
Bandler and Grinder looking to see how people were successful communicators. And from that, it's developed a whole series of techniques which can be used in business and in other areas of life like sport and health and, and relationships. Excellent. And, and <clears throat> I guess we're now in, that was 1970. Yeah. We're now, you know, 40, 45, 44 years beyond there. It's, it's standing the test of time. What well, it is, and some of the interesting things is that uh, there are universities which uh, offer master's degrees where NLP is a significant component. Uh, and, and there is a, uh, some academic evidence, real evidence of the effectiveness of NLP techniques. So from, say, 40 odd years ago, where there was no hard evidence, there's now a body of hard evidence, which is, is going to help people in business and for that matter, you know, the medical profession to actually take, take NLP even more seriously than they have done. Yeah. My wife's a GP and she's, she's been on the NLP program and found it. Found it very helpful, okay. um, and you know you're right because there are you know certain people who clearly need evidence to feel comfortable that something works, and yeah. sometimes it is quite hard, isn't it, with with something that might seem softer or can be defined as softer by some who are you know, very financially orientated, yeah. uh, being able to put it into their language and being able to justify it through the way they think. Is, is important. Yeah. And, and so I, I, you mentioned about your wife. I'm curious. Was, was, I guess she was already open to it or maybe not. I mean, was, when she went along, was she already open to, to learning about NLP or did she do it just just out of pure curiosity? I think there was a bit of curiosity. And I, I think there was also the realisation that, uh, you know, people, the word GP is going through some NLP training. And also, you know, she when I went to do mine, I was probably away for the two programmes for three weeks uh, uh, and she was uh, managing things at home, <laughs> uh, you know, and I was coming back excited about it, then she could see that she wanted to understand a little bit more for herself and see how she could utilize it and, and apply it. Wow. Um, so the, the relationship sometimes, you know, with working with lots of different people as a GP, you see the whole spectrum of society. There are any skills that you can put in the toolbox to help you do that, I think, uh, are valuable. Absolutely. So we're going to go to commercial break now. We, after the commercial break, we're going to start to look at the key principles and the key principles that are really relevant to us in our, in our work. So we're going to start to get you know, practical into those components. So do stay with us and we shall be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with Jeremy Lazarus, and we're talking about NLP for business success. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, we were talked before the break about uh, about NLP and kind of what it is, and I just wonder what are the key principles behind it. Um, well, there's there's something called NLP presuppositions. That's a bit of jargon. Um, basically, the NLP presuppositions are a set of, if you like, underpinning principles that guide the work that NLPs do. So, let me give you a couple of examples. One of them is that there's no um, failure, only feedback. So if you're doing uh, whether we're doing some work, whether it's as a coach, as a manager, as a salesperson, as a sports person, if you're not getting the results you want, if you can see that as feedback and take the learnings from it rather than thinking, oh, my goodness, I failed, then that's something which which um, which is going to help you to get better results. Um, another one of the principles is the idea of flexibility. So if what you're doing is not working be flexible enough to do something else. In other words, to try you know, a different way to approach that particular situation. So depending on which book you read or which school of NLP you go to, there's something like between, say, 12 to 15 or even 20 of these NLP presuppositions. So they're, if you like, the underlying key principles of NLP. Um, I don't know what, you know, obviously, Chris, you've studied it. I don't know what your thoughts are about the principles and indeed the presuppositions, having studied them yourself. Well, it, it's been it's been a while, but I, I mean, the one starts the pointers that I kind of remember that I, I really, really use, and, and I still do today. If I'm working doing work around high high performance, uh, there's there's several that I really, really, I really like, and things like take a hundred percent responsibility. Yes, um, uh, uh, res, results get a great uh, communicators and leaders focus on results, not excuses. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, the map is not the territory, so my view of the world might be different to yours. Yes. Uh, and the one I think of that really stands out in my mind, and, and I and I use it to this very day, is the principle of act as if. Uh, and so the principle of uh, acting as though you can do it, uh, and rather than going into something, maybe you're trying coaching for the first time or you're a guest on a radio show for the first time, um, act as if you can do it. And one, of, one a good example of that is I, I play the guitar, and I, I play the guitar now quite well, and I'm, I've got quite known for it. I involve it in my speeches sometimes. And the, the, the thing that enabled me to um, lift my guitar playing up was that I, rather than a friend of mine who, who starts to play something and struggles with it, I'll never be as good as this person. For me, I act as if I am them right. when I'm learning it. And that has transformed 
my ability to not be phased by things. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, you, you touch on it in terms of the mindset, um, in terms of taking 100% responsibility and not, not allowing excuses. Um, that's probably, I mean, you, for you, the act as if was really important. For, for me, when I work, I think the idea of, of being, the jargon is 100% at cause. In other words, mm. you take, um, there are no excuses. If things don't work well, you, you, it's about looking at yourself, thinking what can you do differently, or at least how can you respond to the fact that it didn't go well so the next time it will go well. Yeah. Um, and I think of all the things I, I, I train people, and I've trained a lot of people, that's the one thing where if people fully take it on board, their results are bound to improve. Makes an enormous difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that's the thing, the NLP is very helpful for, isn't it? Taking people from being in effect with the world to taking them so they're, they're out there in cause, taking responsibility, taking action. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, actually, very briefly, what, one, one thing that I, I started to do after my NLP was if there was a difficult situation or something, I would uh, I'd see it as, a, as being a friend. So I remember having, I had to have quite major surgery. I was, I was had a problem with reflux. I had to go into hospital for, uh, just to have a, a probe put down my nose into my stomach. And I had to wear it for a day, 24 hours, very uncomfortable, with a box around my waist, monitoring these kind of acids. Yeah. And, and my wife called me up and said, you know, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm great. I've got a new friend. and the thing that got me through it was i saw this thing i was determined to see this thing as a friend as opposed to something that was just awful well i I think you know chris that's a really important point because um you know many people think oh things this really is the way it is so in your case some people have thought this really is a nuisance or this really is horrible whereas actually you chose to see it as, as, as something more positive so for me, one of the key principles of NLP as well is that we can change the way we think about something and that alters our, our results ultimately. Yeah. yeah. You get people in the workplace to see things differently. It, 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 that could, you could have an amazing increase in the value of your workforce, couldn't you? Um, you'll find you, the same direction. Yeah, you could. Um, you know, I think, for example, or we can perhaps talk about this later, but, you know, if, if managers really, really took on board that – um, if they get the best out of, out of their people and the way to do, and there are various ways to do that um, without necessarily bullying them or haranguing them, I think people would be far more productive. Mm. It's, it's those, mo- those aha moments, isn't it, when suddenly somebody realises something that they really kind of held on to as being, yeah. being important, a belief actually was ne- ne- not grounded yeah. And suddenly it's replaced by something else, and that can make all the difference. Absolutely. Do you want to talk a bit about how you can use NLP to to help set and achieve goals? I think there's some interesting elements of that. Sure. Well, um, if I backtrack a little bit, one of the, I mean, the importance of setting goals um, from an NLP perspective is that there's something called the principles for success and one of the key principles is before you do anything to know what it is you actually want and within NLP there's a um, if you like a methodology to set goals in such a way that it's most likely the goal will be achieved so many people in business will have heard of heard of smart goals specific measurable achievable um, realistic and timed Um, well it's the NLP way of doing it is 
kind of like that, but it's, I think, a lot more in depth. And, you know, there's various aspects of, 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 of goal setting. One or two key things which I think really stand out for me are, firstly, asking yourself what achieving that goal will do for you. So what is the goal beyond the goal? Yes. Because for some people, as they, if they don't know what they want beyond achieving the goal, once they get close to achieving it, they could almost think, well, I've achieved it now and perhaps lose some motivation. Mm. And another element um, of, 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 if you like, the goal-setting technology is the idea of, of thinking of the consequences. And I, I know of people, there was one of my clients, for example, this is an example of a real hard business benefit. So years ago, I was coaching a lady who, um, she, was, she was an author of, of children's books, she wanted to spend something like three hundred thousand pounds, half a million dollars, to to take this project forward. And I asked her some questions, including questions around what what are the consequences and what is the real goal? What does she really want to achieve? And as a result of asking um, these questions and and her thinking about the consequences, she realised that she could get the same result by spending eighty thousand, not three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. which to save £220,000 in a half-hour coaching session was a pretty good <laughs> return on investment. Yes. yes. Um, so, um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll mention this. So, so in, in my book, um, chapter, I'm just flicking through now, chapter four, it talks about how to set goals and how to achieve them. Um, so does that give, I mean, you know, I could spend hours talking yeah. about this. Does yeah. that give you a flavor of, of some of the key aspects of how NLP is useful for helping people to achieve goals? Or certainly the first element of it. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's great. And I, I think the, 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 one of the one, um, questions that I found quite helpful was, was about asking, is it ethical? Or is that yes. the, the method you, you use? And yes. I mean, ethical is actually we're looking through all your goals and going through them and, and with, a, with a sort of process and asking, actually, is it, is it ethical? Is it, um, is, is it going to take up too much time versus your other goals? And yeah. I, I remember going through that process, and the one thing, I, I got a goal that I wanted to have a certain handicap um, in, with golf, and then I looked at all of the other goals that I had and thought, actually, yeah. I haven't got time for this. Exactly. For me to get there, it's going to take up too much time. And I've got a young family, and what actually materialised, I actually dropped golf altogether. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is it. Um, so this is that's what I meant about thinking of the consequences. And it's much better to think about the consequences before you embark on the goal rather than get halfway along, you know, like this woman spent getting all the way to the end and realising that she's, she's wasted £220,000, or in your case, would, you know, could have wasted hours and weeks and months seeking to, you know, to improve your golf handicap. Yeah. So in, in terms, going back to your question of how NLP can help people to set and achieve goals, there's the setting of the goals and then there's the achieving of the goals. And often um, people may have, I'm going to use the term blocks or limitations or, or beliefs which don't actually serve them or things which get in the way of them achieving their goal. And the chances are that NLP, the chances are that NLP has a technique or series of techniques that will be able to address just about every single challenge that people are likely to face. For example, if they're getting nervous before um, big meetings or um, if they don't seem to necessarily be able to build good relationships with people, NLP has got techniques that can help people to do this and overcome it. Let's take one of those sort of areas. So, you know, how can 
you mentioned about improving relationships. So how can NLP help us with improving relationships in the workplace? Okay. Um, well, there's various ways. Um, one, well, one way is if we go back to the, the principles or, or the presuppositions of NLP, one of the key underlying principles is that it's important to respect other people's what we call model of the world. So their, their opinions, so it's important to respect other people's opinions, even if you disagree with them, because if um, you know, if you and I are talking, Chris, if you feel that I'm respecting where you're coming from, even if we disagree, then there's much more likelihood that you know we're going to have a good working relationship compared to if you feel I'm not respecting where you're coming from. Yes. So, so there's that. Um, in terms of NLP techniques, one of the techniques is something called perceptual positions, which involves you putting yourself in the shoes of the other person. So, for example, if let's take you and I, I mean, this doesn't happen, but let's just say you and I have got a, a misunderstanding in the workplace. If I actually put myself in your shoes and see it through your eyes and really experience it as if I were you, I would gain insight in into what it's like to be you and, and, and to, to see how Jeremy is responding, if you see what I mean. Yes. And then also to be able to take a neutral perspective, so to really stand back from the situation as if I were observing Chris and Jeremy from afar. Mm. And by, able to, by doing that, I can get different perspectives on the situation, which is going to help me to, um, I, I guess, change the way I respond towards you. Yes. That's one. I mean, there are other techniques. I mean, does that give you an idea or do you want to cover one or two areas? No, I think that, I think that gives a good idea. And I saw somebody do this really, the, uh, the kind of respect piece really well a, a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was, to the extent it was actually quite funny and it was quite, um, people kind of smiled in the room, but it was all fine. And what it was, was there was two different points of view and the, the senior leader said to the other person, you know, really, really good idea that I kind of respect that. Um, what we'll do is we'll try this, and if it doesn't work, we'll go back and review your idea. Okay. Uh, and people kind of smile because what they realise is actually he kind of outfoxed the other person, really, <laughs> giving his idea respect, but actually he intended to do something completely different. But he managed it in such a way that it was really comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and he's a, he's a true master of this particular guy. Um, there was a board board meeting. Right. Um, but some I, people just have the knack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a learned behaviour with him. He's he's really very emotionally intelligent, and he's learned to be, which is uh, which is great. So let's talk about language because uh, you know language you know features in any conversation, and I think NLP opened up to me the importance and also the power of language and, and use of words. I just wonder what your favourite techniques are for improving language and the effectiveness of it in the workplace. Yeah, I mean. Again, Chris, you know, I could spend hours and hours talking about this. I, within NLP, there are different language models. Um, I think that there's a couple of uh, couple of approaches. One is to be aware of what I call small words with big meanings. So, for example, the word try. It's a very small word. It's got three letters. But the implication behind it is that um, it's either going to be difficult to do something. So, so if I said to you, what I want you to do is to try and get me the report next Friday. Yes. I'm already in the word try, presupposing that it's going to be either difficult for you or that you may not be able to do it. So that plants seeds into your head. Yes. 
Um, another uh, small word with big meaning is the word but. If I said to you, that was a really great presentation you did, or a really great report you wrote, Chris, but. That little word but negates everything I've just said. It does. Whereas if you use a word like and, or with a previous example, just take the word try out of your vocabulary, then it changes it changes the way people think about that particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another word I find, you know, again, a small word with big meaning, three letter words is yet. So somebody may say, I can't do blah. I can't do presentations. Whereas if you add the word yet onto it, just that one word can open the door of possibility. Mm, it leaves it open, doesn't it? It does. And, um, so if you think, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, if you like linguistic in our language, it, it, it's our middle name. And, and so sometimes the words, but not sometimes, often, always, the words we use will make it a difference to how we think and how the other person hears it. I, I, I like that one, yes. That's uh, that's one I've not, not consciously, um, oh, I've forgotten about. And I think that's quite a powerful one to add. And, and can I give you can I give you one other? Please do. So, um, the jargon for it is a comparative deletion. Basically, what it means is sometimes people they make comparisons. So this is this is going to be useful for salespeople listening. So, if a client were to say, a prospective client said, "That's expensive," hmm. implicitly they're comparing it to something. Yes. And it's often worth finding out what they're comparing it to. So in a selling situation, I think it's really useful. I'm sure experienced salespeople know this, and sometimes they may forget to do this. If you find out how much the client's problem is costing them, supposing the problem is costing them a million pounds a year or a million dollars a year, if you can... When you come to talk about your um, the value, you know, the price of your consultancy services, and you say it's ten thousand pounds or ten thousand dollars, if they were to say that's expensive, well, then you can go and com- you know compare it to the cost of having the problem. Yes. So just finding out what people are comparing it to. So these are again, it, it, it's it's one of many many language patterns which I think can make a big difference. That sounds great. So. Uh, I, it's a really good point in there about about uh, relationships, about language, and I think we could we could uh, goals. I think we could talk about language and do a whole show on that actually, because it's a very powerful one. One of the things that before we go that you reminded me of, I think it was I may not have got it quite right, but there was a quote by Yoda. Uh, was it uh, do, do or do not? Um, was it do do or do not? There is no try. There is no try. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You do not. There is no. If Yoda says it, it must be true. It must be true. (laughs) 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 Well, we're going to look at some more uh, different elements of NLP after the break. So, do join us in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, 
facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Jeremy Lazarus. We're talking about NLP for business success. And uh, Jeremy, uh, maybe we could uh, take a look at now you know, how NLP can really help us to change the way we think. Okay. Um, I mean, there's uh, you know, numerous ways uh, NLP can do that. I think we, we, one of the things we covered earlier on was the idea of cause and effect. So um, people taking... Um, having a really positive mindset and taking responsibility for their actions and how they respond if things don't go the way they want. Um, so even even just a, just a, having the or deciding to, to absolutely have a one hundred percent at cause mindset is going to help change the way people think. It's one of the underpinning factors. Um, I think the, the presuppositions we've mentioned, again, if people really adopt those, that will help them to be more positive um, and get better results. Um, there's a topic in NLP called reframing, which is basically looking at any, any so-called negative situation and turning it into a positive. So looking at what, how could I interpret this situation or this event in the most positive way? For example, if you, um, I know people who have been really disappointed after they've been uh, turned down for a particular job application. Now, that person could sit there and think, oh, it's terrible, oh dear, oh dear. Or they can say, you know what, I can learn from this and maybe the right job for me, maybe this wasn't the right job for me, maybe the right job for me is, is you know, I'll be getting that in, in a few weeks. Yes. Or people who've been made um, redundant. Personally, you know, years ago when I was at Unigate, I was asked to leave because I, I, I probably wasn't a very good accountant. And looking back, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Mm. And every single person who's been in that situation 
that I know of who's been asked to leave a job has always gone on to something better. So if they can have the belief that actually this is for the best for me, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time, that can really help them to to change the way they think about any given situation. Because you're absolutely right. Like, like in your example, and it's happened to me on a couple of occasions, you look back at those situations and they seem tough and kind of stressful. But actually, if you knew, knew what you knew now, <laughs> you... you uh, you would see it in a very different light because usually, quite often, they are the best things that could happen to you. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, what about um, what about one of the things I remember about NLP being very helpful for was as well was getting yourself into the the right um, the right frame of mind to be really productive. So, how can we best do that? Okay, so again, there are, there are various ways. One thing is to, to have very clear goals, to know exactly what you want, and to be clear on what your purpose of doing that is. So to have the goal, and if you like, the goal beyond the goal, or how that will benefit you and other people. So to have that really clear in your mind. Um, there's a technique in NLP called anchoring, which is basically around stimulus response. So if... But what we can do is we can, for ourselves, um, set an anchor. Let me explain that. If I said to you, think of a time when you felt absolutely fantastic or a, a time when something really great happened to you and you felt confident or powerful or strong. If you really relived that and when you were really in the peak of that experience, if you did a movement like, for example, squeezing your thumb and your index finger together, If you did that two, three, four, five times, what would happen is the feeling of of, um, being confident or powerful or strong would be linked to the movement of the thumb and index finger going together. So if you were in a situation where you wanted to feel confident and powerful and strong, for example, before an interview or a difficult meeting or an important meeting with with a prospective client, you could do that movement and the feelings would come back. Now, many people would have this experience, for example, with music. So they hear the first bar, first couple of bars of their favorite songs. It automatically changes how they feel. So this is a way that we can create this for ourselves. It would take about three or four minutes to do. Um, and it can, as I say, help people before and during presentations, interviews, meetings, sports. I, I work with a lot of athletes as well, and I teach all of them how to do this. Is it interesting we've not talked about this, which was the the pistol, yes, the pistol shooting team. Yes. So, I, how how does something like anchoring help the pistol shooting team? You do that with them. Well, for example, um, I didn't before I started working with these guys. I didn't realise this, but pistol shooting is probably the most psychological of sports because basically it's the shooter, the gun, and the target. There's nothing else. There's no wind. It's not most of it's indoors. Um, there's no opponents pushing you or anything like that. And to hit the bullseye, and the bullseye, the, the score of 10, would probably be about half the size of your fingernail Gosh. from, let's say, 10 meters away. Mm. You need to be calm. Mm. If you're anxious or if you've got lots of adrenaline flowing, your arm's going to be shaking around, so you're going to be unlikely to hit the bullseye. So what I what I help the um, the athletes to do is, is the, the example I just used was around confident, strong, powerful. With the pistol shooters, I use examples of being calm and relaxed and chilled. 
So that if they find themselves getting nervous or um, not being calm during the competition, they do the equivalent of, of the movement of you know, the thumb and finger and they can get themselves to feel calm. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Excellent. I remember one kind of thing. I, I think it, I think it came from NLP, and which uh, triggers in my mind. It might have been from one, one of the other courses, <laughs> courses I've attended in my career. But I remember that, you know, this concept of people being described as meaning machines. Yeah. And because we're constantly trying to make meanings from situations, and some people get it terribly wrong, particularly when alcohol is involved. Um, how do we ensure we take the best meaning from a situation? Well, I think it it goes back to something I said before around the idea of reframing. So it's it's basically asking yourself, how could I interpret this situation in the best or the most empowering or the most useful way for me? Um, and, and I think it's as simple as that. And, and some people naturally do it. So, for example, I... I noticed that parents, when they're with their kids, if the kids falls over the, the, um, or has an accident, the parent will often just automatically turn it into a positive mm. to, help, mm. to help the child. They'll offer them a sweetie or something. They'll, they'll turn it around. So parents are natural at this. And I think m- many people are able to do this. It's just that sometimes they, they forget to do it when they really need to. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. A good, a, a friend of mine who's been on the show very recently. I don't know if you know know Jeremy, but Steve was Stephen Sutton, and the young boy who died of cancer. At yes, 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 yes. And uh, you know, Stephen was an absolute master at that. Really, you know, to to be able to see the positive in his condition was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, and, and things like recognizing how many challenges people have overcome in the you know. So for you, Chris, and I'm sure the listeners, so you've had challenges and you've overcome them. So if you happen to be having a challenge right now or you're making something mean something to be a bit negative, you could just remember how you've overcome lots of other challenges previously in your life. Yes. Yes. And I guess if you had a, a crystal ball, Jeremy, you'd be able, and you'd be able to say to, well, even without a crystal ball, you'd be able to say to anybody, if you're predicting their future, they're going to have two things, and that's challenges and opportunities. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's how you make it, you know, it's how you, how you respond to it. They're going to come, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how, how can, um, so I guess, how can NLP help you change limiting beliefs? So you might, you know, hear people say, I'm not good at speaking, or I'm not good at money, or I'm not good at, you know, accounts or whatever, but you hear people limit themselves, don't you? Yeah, and, and I think um, I, I want to say that there is a difference between a belief and a statement of truth. So it might be, for example, somebody may literally be in a situation where they don't have any money right now, but that doesn't mean they can't make money in the future. So for me, limiting beliefs are beliefs you have about yourself or the world around you, which stops you from being, doing or having what you want to be, do, or have in the future. So limiting beliefs stop you from being, doing, or having what you want to be, do, or have in the future. So um, if it is, if somebody does have one of these limiting beliefs, that you know there are a whole series of, of techniques. There's probably 20 or 30 different ways in NLP to help people to change limiting beliefs. So if I just um, go through um, a couple of those, and uh, in my book, in um 
page 176 actually there's some ways that people can change beliefs just conversationally just in, in talking without doing a, an NLP technique one of the, one of my favorite ways is looking for what I call a counter example so if someone says and I had this actually this is a really interesting point I had this with a, I was coaching a management consultant a few years ago very successful lady and she said I don't believe I can sell to, to, to big clients. Now, she's a director of a management consultancy. Of course, she can sell to big clients and she'd done it before. So what I did was I asked her to come up with, tell me a situation or tell me a client where she had sold successfully, a big client. And she paused for a few minutes, a few moments, and then she named one. I said, right, name me another one. And she did, and then name me another one. So we went on for about five or ten until she kind of said, okay, I've got it. I, I can do it. So I think to look for counterexamples can be one really effective way of doing it. Um, if we take a more extreme example, if someone has um, you know, qu quite a disempowering negative belief, one of the things they can do is to, um, is to, to kind of step back from it and say, you know, how old was I when I made this decision? And what was happening when I was making that decision and what advice would I give to that younger Jeremy or younger Chris um, with my wisdom now? Mm. Does, this, does this kind of make sense? Well, absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's amazing when you look back and think what, what you allowed to limit you in the past. Yeah. And when yeah. you look back and overcome it, I mean, at one stage, for me, standing up and speaking was pretty petrifying, if I'm honest, and now I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and many people, I would say just about every, every adult can look back at something in their younger years, which gave them a problem. And now they can look back and, as you say, laugh at it because they're older and wiser. And I think one of the key things, if, if, if we can take learnings from that previous event, which we may have been too upset to take at that time, but now as we're older, we, know, we can take those, those learnings and see it differently, then you know, we can put things in perspective. Fantastic. Well, we'll come um, pretty much now to the end of the interview now, Jeremy. So I just wanted to give you a minute just to share any key messages that you, you'd like to leave us with. I've only got a minute. Okay. Um, <laughs> I could spend again all day on this. You know, for me, I, th I think is it, if people want to achieve something, so if you want to achieve something, whether it's in your work, in your business, in your career, or even in your personal life, even if you think there are things that stop you, it doesn't have to be that way. There are ways out there that you can overcome limitations and achieve way more than you thought. And even if you can't necessarily achieve everything you want, you're going to achieve a lot more than if you just sit there and just kind of be resigned about it. So I think, you know, we've got one life. I just think we owe it to ourselves to really go for it. And if there are challenges, just to see them as that as challenges and work our way through them. And if we need the help of a, you know, a, an NLP coach, well, go and find someone to help us through it. Jeremy, thank you very much indeed. Brilliant talking to you. I just want to give you Jeremy's um, uh, web address. It's, um, it's www.thelazarus, that's T-H-E, and then Lazarus, L-A-Z-A-R-U-S.com. Uh, the book he referred to through the interview is NLP for Business Success. I'm sure we'll find that on Amazon, will we? We will. Excellent. And on all good bookshops. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, sorry? 
Cycus is also being um, published in the States under a slightly different title at some point in the next three or four months, I think. So towards the end of 2014, I think it'll be available in the States under a slightly different title. Fantastic. Well, mine's starting off in the States, then hopefully coming here. <laughs> so brilliant, brilliant talking to you. You've been absolutely fascinating to find out more about NLP. There are a lot of components to it. There's a lot of value, I think, from NLP for, uh, for business and also for self-development. So a huge thank you to you, Jeremy, for, for joining us today. And just to mention next week's show, I have Mandy Hickson, and we're going to talk about business lessons from um, her life as being a fast jet pilot. She was the, only the second lady to... Uh, fly um, a fighter jet in the RAF, I think, a tornado fighter jet, and uh, she has some really fascinating insights about uh, the kind of military experience and training and strategy and debriefing and things like that, that uh, in in her situation that um, she, she kind of experienced that are really relevant to you know us in the, the business world. So look forward to uh, next week, and once again, Jeremy, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Me too. for listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel enjoy your week we'll be right back.